I don't get it. everybody hello welcome back to i don't get it and welcome back paul hello everybody where have i been for two episodes yeah where have you been just really busy not able to to get out to the shows i wanted to well well we're glad to have you back i'm happy to um, be back i think vince and trent did a pretty good job um in your stead cool. and uh if you haven't listened to those episodes yet peoples you should do it mm-hmm. um because they were some fun shows Fun stuff. Cool shows. Yeah, it's been a great month for dance, it seems. And a super busy month for dance. Yeah. And it just gets busier after this, but we'll get to that in a little Mm -hmm. bit. Last weekend, we had the uh, good fortune of seeing the Prairie Dance Circuit presented by the Brian Webb Dance Company here in Edmonton. But as a Prairie Dance Circuit, it actually tours through um, Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba right. uh, and through a bunch of venues. Yeah, and it's and the content, the 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 dances are drawn from across the prairies, from across those places. Yes, they um, are. So in this case, it was sort of a double header. Um, yeah, one was from Regina. Yes, yes, one was choreographed by uh, Joanna Bunden and B. Palomina from Regina, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. and it was called The Understory. Right, and the other one was? The other one was called Alap, which is a Hindi word uh, that means something like improvisation from at least what I understood. More or less, um, yeah. And it was uh, a piece, um, that was the more sort of full-length piece, actually. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was the second half, um, about 40 minutes or so, 45 minutes maybe? Right, compared to probably a 20-minute uh, ver- version of The Understory, which is what we, we saw as part of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the double bill. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess um, to to start off, even just in, I think it's a, an important context for dance to be um, shown what other places are doing. I think scenes can get very insular um, often, and so it's just a, a cool thing that this even the Prairie Dance Circuit exists. It's been going for a few years now. Yeah, I think since 2010 mm-hmm. it's been going and it is actually really important uh, especially on the prairies to see dance that isn't from Montreal or Toronto all the time, um, which it tends to be where a lot of the big companies and the touring companies mm-hmm. especially get are the ones that are kind of more able to disseminate their work. So the dance circuit, the prairie dance circuit is a really great opportunity to um, not only sort of like get the prairie work out there, mm-hmm. um, but it's also a chance for um, us audiences on the prairies to see dance from other prairie provinces that may not actually get to tour otherwise. Right, just to have that conversation with what are we making, not just sort of what's coming through town um, from Montreal to Toronto, as you said. Yeah, on the big tours. Mm-hmm, on the BTs. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess so. Let's let's start with the the understory. Yeah. So this was kind of an interesting piece. It was uh, two performers, Joanna Bundon and Zoe Galt. And they were, they seemed like two kind of creatures exploring a winter landscape. Right. To me, the feel was like a real National Film Board short was sort of the vibe I got Mm -hmm. from it in that um, there were these sort of spoken word um, uh, poetry things that sort of felt like the narrative that would be in one of those shorts. Um, As well as um, there was sort of uh, a very like uh, striking visual uh, element to it, both it started very, very dark with very sparse lighting, but when, when the lights did come up, um, there was a white floor, which was sort of to represent a winter landscape, but which is sort of rare for dance and performance in general, mm-hmm. um, and sort of created um, 
a very visible style and sort of world to be playing in. Yeah, the world that they created on stage visually was, I think, um, part of what uh, impressed me about it. Mm -hmm. um, I have to kind of give props to the lighting design done by Parker Nolan. Parker Nolan. Um, they started out, the two dancers started out in these sort of like kitty corner cubes of light almost. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were doing solo pieces kind of with like a sort of blanket that was laying on the ground. Um, they ended up folding these around themselves and they kind of looked like they turned into little campfires. Yeah, um, little gray campfires are like quivering rocks. Yeah, um, and so the lighting changed around that too. The lighting turned red and you could really, um, I think that the lighting was sort of like what helped me kind of get through and around the narrative more so than than even the movement at times. Oh, okay. um, I felt that the, the movement um, even maybe perhaps fittingly for a winter landscape was quite sparse. Yeah, I thought um, it, it was interesting. Um, the narrative was fairly heavy in the show. There was uh, not in terms of its like being dark heavy, but um, there was there was a lot of spoken. At one point, um, one of the dancers was actually sort of um, speaking into the microphone and sort of reciting this 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 piece um, while on stage, which was an interesting choice, um, mm -hmm. as well as some some overdubbed. Um, uh, sort of narrative abstract sort of I guess visualizations sort of given to us as well um, but yeah the dance itself was was very minimal in a way in this in this this uh, sort of 20 minute piece sort of it was like a very small part of this landscape they'd created mm -hmm. I felt. yeah and they used um they used some found objects as props so there was um, one of the most memorable pieces I think was when uh, one of the dancers came out with the tire. There is mm. a, a full-on tire around her waist, yeah, which is a feat out. in and of itself, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And she was rolling along the floor inside of this tire, which made the most eerie, awful, squeaky sound. The squelchy rubber. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can picture it in your head right now listening, I'm sure. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, something that runs through your head is like, this is... This is what I'm watching right now. Yep. Oh, tire. <laughs> um. Um, but and also the uh, one of the other visual moments that I thought was quite um, interesting and actually physically shocking was when the first part of the dance, uh, I'd say the first eight or so minutes, is in quite low light, and you don't actually realize that it's a white floor until mm -hmm. the lighting is really snapped on, and you're kind of blasted with this not only the light on but also the light reflecting from the floor. And I actually like squinted a little bit. <laughs> Quite a bit when when it happened, which was a good effect. I think yeah. I think that, that I was worked. into it. I went, yeah. Oh, we're in winter now. Yeah. This is this is this world. <laughs> That's um, what the sun comes up like. The sun coming up looks like boom. in winter. Yeah, yeah, there you exactly. Go. Yeah, um, but overall, I, I'm I'm not too sure that that I necessarily got this in terms of the movement. Yeah, it was supposed to it, uh, in the in the program. It talked about sort of exploring um, the balance between isolation and and interdependence. Which so we did sort of see in, in the dancers sort of being alone at points and then sort of near the end um, when the movement really did take over once this landscape had been uh, established and, and they sort of did, uh, these two sort of creatures sort of found each other and sort of mm -hmm. found, found that, that, that unity was sort of when that, that really, I guess, came together was the movement. Um, yeah, and they kind of started working together to build this sort of structure with the mm -hmm. tire and the tree that they had. Right, on there stage. was a tree. I don't think we mentioned that before. There was also a tree. Yeah, um, yeah, and and they sort of built that up. Um, but yeah, I guess I felt like, um, in a way, this could have been longer to really get at the theme and explore that. I think mm -hmm. twenty minutes didn't, given how much time was sort of set 
uh, given to setting up the landscape of it and sort of the, the world we were playing in. Um, some of those deeper themes and getting to see that reflected in the movement didn't come through as clearly mm-hmm. as it would have, say, with 10 more minutes just in that sort of last segment mm-hmm. where we were watching these two these two figures sort of start to learn to work together. Yeah, that. maybe we just didn't have enough time to kind of get to know them mm. and sort of like feel a little bit for them because at the end when they make this, it seems sort of like an altar or something almost. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like the payoff. It didn't I didn't have much of an impact for me. I was like, oh, that's over. Okay, well, you know, that's, that's nice. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably um, the understory. Yeah. The overstory on the understory. Yeah, um, and so then, then they had a break, and they did the fastest change of a Marley floor that I think I have ever yeah, seen. They right. ripped up this whole white floor <laughs> and in, in the intermission to open up for a lap, which is uh, presented by Usha Dance Entourage. Usha Gupta, who runs uh, the group, is from Edmonton. Hmm. She's been actually doing Katak Indian dance in Edmonton for... I think almost 20 years. Um, she started working with Brian Webb in the 90s, and ha- he's presented uh, five of her full-length pieces Great. now, I think. I would say this is like maybe the first uh, really sort of um, inherently like cultural dance I've, I've seen in that it's sort of like this piece from another culture, um, a very strong and sort of specific culture um, in terms of this dance. Um, and so it was really... Uh, uh, exciting to see. It was pretty kick-ass. If yeah. I, may. Um, I was I was very impressed with with what I saw. Mm-hmm. I have to say I've uh, I have long been a, a fan of Katak style Indian dance, and this was probably the best live stuff that I have ever uh, been able to see. Katak dance is from northern India. Uh, it's actually a very old form of dance. It was developed in the Mughal era and it um, its characteristics are a lot of rhythmic footwork, so rhythmic foot stamping and um, amazing spins, which we saw. Oh, man. Um, lots spins of spinning. <laughs> and a lot of really characteristic and expressive arm movement, uh, hand gestures, and actually facial expressions too. They use their eyes a lot in terms of, uh, you know, kind of like where to look. And um, Katak dance originated as storytelling. Right. So it all had kind of um, uh, sort of a, like a lyrical feel to it. Sure. And so and so the setup here was sort of there were uh, there were four musicians on, on stage sort of positioned near the back of the, the theater. Um, a, a, uh, Usha Gupta herself was a, a singer. There was um, a fellow on keyboards as well as uh, violin and cello. Um, and they would sort of like, I guess, help um, structure the show more than anything because uh, the dances themselves were, were done to sort of bigger, bigger uh, pre-recorded music. Uh, but there were sort of very distinct, specific chapters in those uh, of those dances that sort of worked together. Yeah, yeah, and the, the the show itself, I think, had a really great build. It started out with a little bit of keyboard and Gupta singing live, and that was really only about a minute long. And then the dancers came out and started in a really sort of like, kind of gentle postural kind of scene making. Uh, um, sequence and then there would be another musical interlude and then the dancers would come out again. Now mm-hmm. I have to say that the dancers in this piece were phenomenal. There were two dancers from India 
Sudeshna Malik and Sanjukta Sinha. And uh, they were absolutely fantastic women um, to see them dance. They're, uh, it was just a total treat. Anuj Mishra is from Montreal, I believe. And uh, so uh, he was brought in for the dance as well. And mm-hmm. Marla, Marla Palak Manil and Ria Elika Mittal were are, are actually young dancers from Edmonton. And so it was neat to see them also dance with the rest of the company, with such an actually skilled company as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's sort of like uh, there, was, there was a lot of costuming as well, which was really um, colorful colorful and vivid. Did you notice anything special about the spins, which are actually called chakars? Uh, yes, I did, in fact. Oh. Um, and that's that uh, they were sort of based in the heel, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, which is not how how uh, Western spins are, which are... No, most Western spins are based on like a ballet-style pirouette. They're done either on the toe or usually, more usually, mm-hmm. on the ball of the foot. Right. And, and there was something about, um, I guess, that shift in gravity, I found, that sort of... Um, gave the spins, which were a large part of it, um, this energy um, and sort of this like feeling of almost about to go off the rail that was really exciting. So when they would sort of do these incredible spins, um, some of them that would take them across most of the stage Mm -hmm. um, and sort of stop, it was this great button on a moment that, you know, I feel like would be like, it could be comparable to like the punchline in a joke or like, um, you know, the final note of a song in a musical, yeah. just sort of this like big poppy uh, finish, yeah, um, which was really impressive. Absolutely. And Mishra, the, the male dancer in the piece, he was the one that kind of really took that home. The other thing, too, about this type of dance is that it's done really flat-footed, and the percussion that is done with the feet is actually, like, with the flat feet and the way they change the floor as Mm -hmm. well, taking up the the marley and everything, you could really hear their feet smacking on the floor, um, almost like clapping. Yeah, they were Mm -hmm. also wearing these sort of, um, I guess, leg bracelets or ankles Mm -hmm. and bells, bells, um, Mm -hmm. which would, yeah, just sort of emphasize that. So they would be effectively, like, um, the dances would be... Uh, and the the feet would sort of add this extra layer of percussion to the pre-recorded music they were they were dancing to that sort of in a way invigorated it and made it feel less canned and more um, happening in the moment, or at least being like acknowledged and played with in the moment. Yeah, it kind of added an extra layer of rhythm to what was happening, kind of like um, really similar to actually how flamenco, dan- flamenco dancers will jam out with the music musicians mm-hmm. that they're dancing with. Um, and flamenco actually is sort of a distant cousin of Katak dancing. It's believed that when the gypsies from uh, originated in India and moved mm-hmm. eventually all the way over to Spain, that they brought this really percussive step dancing style with them that had kind of like really similar arms actually there was a lot of bent arms in front of the right. um, in front of the face and it's actually they're meant to frame um, the face so that you can notice the expression more right right um, yeah and then sort of throughout these chapters um they sort of there was an arc sort of through them all I guess um, the first few were very slow and then they sort of picked up the pace mm-hmm. I felt and then near the end there was sort of a very romantic sort of hero and 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 lovers sort of together dance and then it sort of a climax with this last sort of bigger piece with all five dancers on stage again and and sort of, yeah, this sort of wonderful uh, energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of built from this sort of like really serene, kind of calm, um, posing, uh, and beaut- like it, just emphasizing the the beauty of the dancers and their, and their shapes to, um, and it built all the way into this just sort of like, 
whirling madness of color and and uh, yeah celebration at the end. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty fantastic. I think everybody felt a little bit out of breath, just being like, "Whoa, those final spins!" Wow. Well, <laughs> we're true whirling dervishes. Yeah. All, er, mm-hmm. all of them. So. Yeah. And I have to say, um, also one thing that I that I really like about watching different cultural dances, different mm-hmm. um, I guess ethnic dances, is that you do see a lot of dancers of different ages and different body types and these like the people in this dance were just fantastic dancers fantastic movers total masters of their art and it was really nice to actually see um some kind of yeah like diversity on the dance floor it was really great diversity on the dance floor sweet (laughs) um yeah yeah i'd say the, the the one thing if i had one reservation it's that i felt like um the live musicians on stage were underused in mm. a way. They were sort of these like transitionary figures that would sort of help us segue, and also I'm sure give time for costume change and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I sort of wish they had either been incorporated more into the the uh, recorded music or just given more of a chance to to be a part of it because it felt like it was sort of this underused segment of the show and they were right there and you yeah. know if they were right there why not use them more yeah it kind of felt like a technical afterthought or forethought at a mm-hmm. lot of times you don't really know which came first because the choreography um of the actual dancing came from a completely different um place uh, it was actually choreographed by kumudini lakia who apparently in india is like the absolute shiz when it comes to katak dance great. so great um, well there you go so yeah we got it we mm-hmm. got to see a treat there but yeah it did feel that the the live music and the dancing and recorded music were so disparate. Like there was just, they didn't um, really join up all that much. Right, right. And that would have been just like the next level of, of this. I yeah, think. yeah. But so, I mean, do you, would you go see some dance like this again? Yeah, or? actually, you know, and I, I would not have maybe on the, from the outset have necessarily chosen this, um, even within sort of exploring dance in, in my own way. But absolutely now I would, I would seek this out. It was uh, it was impressive and sort of invigorating in a way I was not expecting. That's so good because Great. the world of Indian dance is so big, Paul. You are clearly <laughs> a huge fan and, and know boatloads about it, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Just wait till we have a Bharatanatyam show come to town. It'll blow your mind. All right. Okay. okay. Cool. <laughs> so um, I guess we should actually talk about what we're going to be up to all weekend. Yes. Um, there's a little thing called Expanse happening, the Expanse Movement uh, Festival. Um, which I saw in an article quoted as the Expanse Music Festival, which yeah. was incorrect. It was um, actually the Expanse Movement Arts Festival. Movement Arts, if we want to really get down to it. <laughs> um, but we're going to be there uh, all weekend on at the site, at the the, uh, the ATB Financial Arts Burns, mm-hmm. um, in having reconstructed this blanket fort uh, in a public setting. Yeah, it's our porta podcast. Uh, so that's what we're bringing along. The porta podcast, <laughs> nice. We had some other better names for it, but I can't no, right I think now. that's the best possible. <laughs> um, and and we'll be doing down there doing sort of on-site interviews, um, uh, getting people's uh, reactions to the art they're just seeing. You know, it's it's a weekend filled with um, uh, movement from here, from other places. You know, from from all across. Uh, 
Canada? Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, there are a few people coming from um, afar. I know that uh, Deanna Peters is from Vancouver. She's okay. bringing in a piece um, with, I believe, a couple of her dancers. I hear that there is uh, one chair for dancers, and, okay. that, and that's what we have to look forward to in that piece. Right. Um, and yeah, there's, of course, a lot of local talent showing up as well. Uh, the return of Pamela Tseng as a performer last year, she totally stole my heart with um, uh, a play called A Matter of, or a, a, a bit called A Matter of Box, which okay. was sort of an installation piece with boxes hung throughout uh, the PCL, and it was pretty cool. awesome. Loved it. Um, so I'm excited to see her in a piece. Um, being It's being choreographed by another gentleman um, named Kenji, and I don't remember his last name at the moment. Great. So, yeah, but that should be fun, too. And of course, there's the RAW program, which features all new local stuff. Um, and yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to be um, asking dancers what, what they're doing what and up? asking you what you thought what if you're there. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it should yeah. be pretty fun. It seems like, it seems like a great way um, to sort of sample dance. I mean, certainly one of the things I found is like, I don't know where to begin, you know? Again, I wouldn't have necessarily sought out the prairie dance circuit on my own, but I'm glad I saw it. And so it's a great way to sort of get to see little things that are going on both locally and, and elsewhere. And, you know, I know a lot of pieces at previous Expanse have been fleshed out into fuller shows on their own later on. So it's sort of a great way to see things that will you will then have an option to see in a bigger form later on. Yeah, yeah. It is actually a really, really good chance um, to get sort of like your sampler, your, your dance sampler for the coming year, too, because a lot of the pieces being presented are in progress. And you kind of, they're, they're also looking for feedback. So. Yeah. All sorts of audience are, are welcome, and it should be a pretty fun time. So that's, again, that's March 6th through 9th at the ATB Arts Barns, the Expanse Movement Arts Festival. You can check out um, their website at expanse.ca. And yeah. Yeah. Or just check out our podcasts, which will be, you know, coming in all weekend. Or... Yeah, yeah. Um, you can always tweet at us at I Don't Get It Dance. And um, we all wanted to give a couple of thanks and shout outs to some people who have commented on our site and reviewed us. Um, Sherry Waddle uh, really liked the Ailey, the Ailey podcast that we did with Trent Wilkie. Cool. And um, to Kata West, who is um, religiously retweeting things whenever we post Thank them, you. which is great. Thanks, Kata West. And of course, to the Expanse Fest, who's been like posting us and hashtagging us. Um, if anybody wants to know, the hashtag for Expanse is Be Moved. So cool. you can kind of search by that, and we're going to try and put more stuff up on that too. Yeah. Check it. All right, everyone. Well, um, I think that's all for now. Thanks for listening about the uh, Prairie Dance Circuit, and uh, we'll see you at the Arts Barns this weekend. Be Moved. <laughs> The I Don't Get It podcast is recorded under a table in a blanket fort in an apartment in Edmonton, Alberta. It was recorded and edited by Andrew Paul. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more about Ghibli at ghibli.bandcamp.com.